At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour for you guys. We've got Albert Wynn. You know him better as analytics capper. He is going to be joining me in 15 minutes. We're going to be taking a look forward at a little bit of baseball for tomorrow. And on top of that, we are also going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting for this upcoming NFL season. He does great work over there at Scores and Odds, so we're going to be having a great chat with him, and a little bit later on in the hour as well, we're going to be talking a little MMA and combat sports with Dan Freeland. He does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, so covering a little bit of everything, getting set for some football, talk a little MMA, and we're going to be getting some baseball in this hour. So we've got all the bases covered, and as many of you guys know, I wind up doing a pick for DK Nation every single day when it comes to the MLB. And, well, the VEASAN pentathlon wound up coming down to the final game of Thursday in terms of the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Francisco Giants. So how about if we wind up making our DK Nation pick centered around game number two of the series, 9-13, 9-14. It is going to be Brandon Woodruff and the Milwaukee Brewers on the road facing off against the Giants who are going to be trotting out their Alex Wood. You're finding this total at 7 and. With the Brewers, they've went up quite a bit. They wound up opening up right around minus 105-ish. You're now finding them in a lot of spots in between about a minus 115 to a minus 120. And going to be getting the Giants anywhere to even money and plus 109. And I do agree quite a bit with regards to the move. With the Milwaukee Brewers, I do why I'm saying them as a slight favorite in this spot. I want to make them minus 117 personally. So, I mean, it's starting to dry up a little bit, but... There's still like some minus 116, minus 117 is actually the price I'm seeing where I sit right now at Circa. So this is pretty much a max that I'd be willing to lay on it. But what I'm really looking at is the over because with Brandon Woodruff, what I've noticed with him is that he just has not been consistent on the road. Now, to the credit of Brandon Woodruff, since coming off the injured list, because before going on the injured list, Brandon Woodruff was not good. He was not good at all. And as a matter of fact, he still has an ERA that is north of four this season, but that was well north of five overall before you wind up hitting the injured list. But, I mean, you've got some very stark demonstrative splits with Brandon Woodruff. At home, he's got a 220 ERA with opponents setting a buck 77 off of him. That winds going up to right around a 277 on the road with a 563 ERA. So he has struggled very much whenever he has been away from Milwaukee. And for Alex Wood, it's been a case in which opponents are a 301 off of him and his home ERA is actually worse than it is on the road. And for Alex Wood, 
I do suspect that he's going to see a little bit of positive boost. So you take a look at him overall this season, and he has pitched better than the 4-4-4-ish ERA that he has wound up having as his strikeouts per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood about 8.5. He's not giving up a lot of walks, 2.3 walks per nine innings, right around about a home run per nine innings. So that has not been bad for him, but that said, it certainly is a case which the San Francisco Giants, what well, has been relatively not great for this team, the bullpen recently as you've got a bullpen area of the San Francisco Giants that now finds itself in the bottom half of the big leagues after last year. They were number one in terms of bullpen area. I think that this all winds up coming back to the fact that they no longer have Buster Posey in the fold as I mean, Buster Posey just did such a good job whenever he would work with a pitcher of being able to get these guys to fire on all cylinders because with the Giants bullpen, I mean, this is largely the same guys that we wound up seeing last season, but and it went straight down the toilet bowl of the season. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you've got Devin Williams and you've got Josh Hader. But even with those two guys in the bullpen, it's been very touch and go with regards to them as well. Going into what we wound up seeing on Thursday, they were 11th of the league in terms of bullpen area. You would just expect a little bit more. And if they do wind up giving Josh Hader the go-ahead on Friday, if they're up by, say, one, two runs going into the ninth inning, you can't feel as secure about Josh Hader as you could just a few weeks ago as He's allowed at least one run in four out of his last five relief appearances. So that's quite a bit of an issue for this Milwaukee Brewers team. And with the Brewers, I recognize that they're going to be out there in San Francisco. Very much more a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But this has been a Brewers team that currently ranks in the top six in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. You've got Willie Adamas. You've got Rowdy Tellez, a duo that has been able to give you 33 home runs thus far this season. They were without Hunter Renfro for quite a while. He has returned in the last 10 days. So... That helps us see him out. Christian Yelich has been a little bit banged up, but you wound up seeing him make a little bit of an appearance on Thursday as well. So that winds up helping out this team. And with the San Francisco Giants, despite the fact that they've only got two guys that have exceeded 10 home runs this far this season, they're still a team that they rank in the top six in terms of home runs on a per-game basis as well. And the San Francisco Giants are averaging right around 4.7 to 4.75 runs per game. That ranks in the top four in the big leagues as well. They've cooled down just a little bit recently, but... I do think that they're going to be able to get into a Brewers bullpen that they were able to get a lot of innings out of Corbin Burns on Thursday, but at the same time, they did wind up having to go to extra innings. They wound up having to use up Devin Williams once again. So that is something that does wind up having a little bit of an effect. And for the Giants, you've got relatively balanced hitting, I think is the best way of being able to put it as you don't right now have a lot of guys that are in necessarily north of a 285. Luis Gonzalez has been someone, but I mean, he has not been seeing a lot of at-bats right now. And if you're Danny Burke, you're very, very salty that you wind up having Brandon Belt, who has started to really pick it up for the team, wind up getting pinch hit for on Thursday. But that said, you do wind up having quite a few guys are able to go out there. They're able to hold down the fort like a Kirk Caselli. You've had awesome wins. Be able to get in that neighborhood about it like a 225 to 235. This is one of the best teams at being able to platoon in the big leagues, which is part of why you did wind up seeing Brandon Belt wind up getting lifted because the Giants are going to utilize the analytics and they're going to try to find every possible advantage that they can in terms of the numbers and just trying to be able to get good, favorable matchups for them. So they're a team that they live by the sword and they die by the sword. But I do think that both of these starters, they've got their issues. I think that both of them just are in relatively bad spots in general. And I do think the fact that this did wind up going to 10 innings on Thursday, it is going to cause for a little bit more bullpen fatigue as well. So Getting a total of seven, that is going to be the DK Nation pick. I'm going to be taking a look at the over in this spot. And when it comes to the Milwaukee Brewers, we want to lay up to a minus 117 on them. I'm seeing quite a few books that you are able to find them more around about a minus 115 or so. So I'm looking at a Brewers money line myself right now. And I'm going to be taking a look at the total over. We want to covering a lot of the American League and our number one saw. But if we wind up staying out there in the National League again, a guy that I think needs a little bit of MVP recognition. This is 903-904 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins are going to be playing us to the Philadelphia Phillies as Kyle Gibson is on the mound for the Phillies. And Sandy Alcantara is going to be on the mound for Miami. Right now, I'm seeing DraftKings at a minus 170. A lot of other books seeing more in the neighborhood about a minus 155 to a minus 160. And for the Phillies, you're going to be getting them anywhere between about a plus 135 to a plus 145. Seven is your total. Juice is a little bit all over the place in terms of that total. And I legitimately am going to say it right now. Without Sandy Alcantara on the Miami Marlins, who knows where in the heck this team would be because 
Not only does Sandy Alcantara wind up being able to deliver a good start every fifth day, he preserves a bullpen that, we're going to call it what it is, it has not necessarily been too great. The Miami Marlins are coming off of back-to-back days in which the game wound up going to extra innings, and that bullpen itself, 18th in the league in terms of ERA, and that's despite the fact that they wound up getting a boost by playing against one of the worst offenses in the big leagues in the Pittsburgh Pirates the last few days. So it has not been a team that has been necessarily reliable. You know who has been reliable, though? That'd be Sandy Alcantara. He has been able to go seven-plus innings in each out of his last 12 starts, giving up two earned runs or fewer in 11 of those starts. Last time he wound up going up against the Philadelphia Phillies, it was absolutely superb. That was a great battle between Ian Aranola and where Kyle Gibson has been a little bit of a teeter-totterish season. And for the second straight year, he's got pretty demonstrative home and road splits of his own. He's a little bit more rested because the team wound up going to Toronto because he could not wind up making the trip due to COVID-19 vaccination sort of requirements. He wound up having to skip that start. So he's going to be coming in on a little bit more rest. Sometimes that's a positive. Sometimes that's a negative. I think that that's going to be relatively a net neutral when it's all said and done. But for Kyle Gibson, he's been... Having a little bit of a tough time with command this season, but it's been a little bit better than in past years. Right around about three-ish walks per nine innings. He has been giving up the deep ball just a little bit as gives up a little bit over a home run per nine innings. But the big thing with him is that his road ERA, you're right now finding clocking in at a 522 as he has been giving up on the road a little bit north of three walks per nine innings. Has never necessarily been a strikeout artist. Right around 7.4 strikeouts per nine innings. Opponents starting at 250 off of him now. With the Miami Marlins, you don't have a lot of power in this lineup as Ori Soler, Chaz Chisholm, your top two home run hitters. These two guys are currently out of the fold, but you do have guys like Joey Wendell, Garrett Cooper hitting above a 275. John Birdie has been able to do a solid job for the team as well. For the Philadelphia Phillies, despite the fact that you're going to be without Bryce Harper, they have been able to have a lot of power from Kyle Schwarber, who's been able to give you 28 home runs. Got a lot of guys. They're sort of hitting in that fold of, we're going to call it about a 235 to a 250 as well as Matt Veerling, whenever he's been out there, D.D. Gregorius, they're going to be without Gene Segura for quite a while, but even someone like J.T. Riumito, these guys have been sort of hitting in that neighborhood. Nick Cassianos as well. Cassianos has been lacking a little bit in terms of home run power. That is going to be a little bit needed for the Philadelphia Phillies, but for the Phillies, what has really been allowing them to have better results just recently in general has been the way that this bullpen has been able to shape up as this is a Phillies bullpen that Year in and year out, if you've been betting on them, you always wind up fearing whenever you wind up having a lot of these guys wind up coming out of the pen. But take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies over the last, we're going to call it 35 days. And they rank in the top five in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. It is a sub three in this time span. Brad Hand has been able to do a very solid job along Sir Anthony Dominguez. If it's like someone like an Andrew Bellotti has been able to give the seams some nice innings. So I do think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. I wound up saying my total. At a 6.9, and part of this is why I really don't want a Miami Marlins run line, as right now you're able to find their run line in the neighborhood of about a plus 140 in a lot of spots. I would rather lay right around a minus 155 to a minus 160 with the Miami Marlins on the money line, because I do think that Sandy is going to be able to get the team to victory, but I don't have the confidence in the offense, especially if they wind up leading after eight innings they wind up surrendering those ninth inning at best of being able to win by multiple runs. So looking at a Marlins money line, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at a great chat with Albert Wynn, better known as Analytics Capper. That is on the other side right here on the look at on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers and cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Here they'll play for free in 20 different pools this season for your shot at $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to be able to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 years or older terms and condition and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details and for usual, please do drink responsibly as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Albert Wynn is a man that you know better as Analytics Capri does an amazing job taking a look at so many different markets. And Albert, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, I'm excited. Uh, just FYI, I've been listening to your stuff for years now, so I'm just happy to be on and, and talking sports with you. I am very excited to have you aboard as well, as I know that you're a guy that you do a great job of taking a look at so many markets. And I know that you're sort of looking at something that I am as well. I want to bring you up in the last segment the Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies game. I'm going to be taking a look at the Miami Marlins and an under myself. And you've got a play that is sort of correlated with what I'm taking a look at in terms of the team total. Walk me through this one. Yes, of course. So Sandy is on the mound. All my followers uh, know that I love Sandy for the season. He has a sub 1.75 ERA nine and three record overall thinking you, you mentioned this uh, just now, but last previous 12 stars, he's had over seven innings pitched. Um, he just shut out the Mets five days ago, so we know he's in tip-top form. But the interesting thing about this game, Greg, is Sandy's actually only beaten the Phillies once in his last five head-to-head matchups. So instead of taking that minus one heavy on the on the money line, I'm going to get a 20-cent discount and just do the Phillies team total under three and a half because I do think Sandy's going to be able to control them and keep them down, but I'm not sure about the Miami offense. Yep, and you certainly do get a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in Miami as well. We wound up seeing that on full display on Thursday where the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Miami Marlins it looked like they were trying to play a game of least draw out there as well. So <laughs> that winds up being able to help things out as well, and I think that is going to be an interesting one to take a look at for the MLB card. So I am in lockstep with you there, and I know you're taking a look at the futures board in terms of the NFL as well, and I know you've got a little bit of a long shot when it comes to NFL MVP, and I think that this one is so interesting because when you talk about guys that they just wind up having some of the most unique skill sets in the NFL, I think that Lamar Jackson, certainly a guy that winds up coming to the forefront. Take me through why you're liking him a little bit more for this season at a 25-1 to 1 little bit of a long shot price. Yeah, there's, there's, a two, there's a couple bets that I like when it comes to Lamar Jackson. Everybody knows his off-the-field situation right now. He has no representation. He's his own uh, agent slash client. He's turned down all the max extensions, so he's really betting on himself coming off of major ankle you know, injury last season. So I think when push comes to shove, when he's going to be pushed out of the pocket, when it's third and long, 
I think he's uh, he's going to tuck it and run. And I think um, there's a lot of spots when it comes to Lamar Jackson that you can look into, whether it's over rushing yards. Um, I, I highlighted here under interceptions. I think DraftKings had it set at 13 and a half interceptions. I love the under there. Um, but yeah, what you alluded to is the offensive player of the year, 25 to one odds. Um, I do know in, in the last, since 2004, nine quarterbacks have won this and then running backs and wide receivers. Um, so the QBs, they dominate this award and I, they haven't won in the last four seasons. And if you look at the QBs around the league, I think the the front runners are going to be Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. We know they're going to sling it around. We know that they're going to have a ton of stats through the air. But none of them are going to touch Lamar Jackson on the ground. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that may have three or four four thousand yards passing and over a thousand yards rushing. Yep. And when it comes to Lamar Jackson, it's just been incredible to take a look at him. And how much do you factor in the fact that the Ravens last year they just were very banged up? Because if you're taking a look at teams that wound up having the injury bug coming into this season, I feel like the two that really stood out to me and the teams that I think are going to have the biggest bounce back just getting these guys healthy are the New Orleans Saints because, I mean, darn near every one of their skill position players on offense wanted getting banged up. And then the Baltimore Ravens as well because even without Hollywood Brown, they just get so many reinforcements in the backfield that it takes a lot of the pressure off of Lamar Jackson. Then he's able to be a little bit more of a home run hitter as well. That's a great point, Greg. I mean, you know, you and I, we look at the numbers and the sports and all these different metrics all day long. We live and breathe it. But the big equalizer in sports is the injury bug. And so you're right. Baltimore was was very unlucky last season. Um, Lamar Jackson is only two seasons removed from his MVP, youngest MVP ever uh, winner in NFL. I don't think he's dropped off. He's only 25 years old. He's younger than some rookie and second year quarterbacks that are coming into the league today. So I do like Lamar Jackson. Physically, he's still in his prime. And coming off of an ankle injury, um, I know I could speak from you know personal stories here, but I think just going through that rehab process and working out muscles that you've never worked out before, I think he could be even more explosive. It's really more of a mental thing that he has to get over, and I think it'll just take him one big hit. He'll get up from it and, and really dominate for the rest of the season. Yep, I do think that it's going to be a good year for both Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens as well. And then just taking a look at some of the futures that you've got in terms of the NFL, I know that you've got a little bit of a win total on the Washington Commanders. I know that they wound up opening up a lot of spots right around an 8.5. I'm seeing them right now at DraftKings at an 8. And I mean, even at the 8, I still think that there might be a little bit of value on an under because when it comes to the defense, Sure, they were very solid two years ago. It felt like they took a little bit of a step down last season, and it's all about what you think about Carson Wentz right now because with Carson Wentz, one of the more polarizing quarterbacks in the NFL, looked like he was doing for a big breakout, and then he winds up having that terrible injury in Los Angeles, and ever since then, he just hasn't been the same guy. Now he's on his third team in three years, and when you're a quarterback on your third team in three years, typically that's not a boat of confidence. Yeah, that's that's not the recipe for success. I mean, the the way I look at this is very simple. The this the line here is set at eight and a half wins, and I think a lot of that is because the odds makers believe that division is bad, and they it might they might be correct, right? We know the Cowboys have no offense. We know the Philadelphia Eagles. You know they they did bring a lot of players in, but it's going to take a few weeks to kind of mesh. And then the Giants are the Giants, right? But with that being said. Uh, I do know Carson Wentz had an elite defense last year in, in the Colts and arguably the top running back in the entire league in Jonathan Taylor. And they were only able to manufacture eight or nine wins themselves. Now in a drop off in talent, drop off in coaching staff, um, and obviously he's a year older. I just don't think that the commanders have enough to get to that eight and a half wins. And I agree with you, even if that number is at eight, I'm still pretty comfortable at the under there. Yep, I think that it's going to be a little bit of a tough year out there, and especially we're hearing a lot of people debating whether it'll be the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys at number one. We're certainly not hearing a lot of buzz for the Commanders. We're certainly not hearing a lot of buzz for the New York Giants, and at this point, I think rightfully so. Now, we've seen the division winner in the East wind up changing hands for pretty much the last decade, where you haven't seen a team wind up going back-to-back, but... I don't think that it's going to be the Commanders if there is a team that winds up t- taking down the Cowboys being the team to be able to do so. And 
when it comes to the AFC West. This is going to be a brutal division. I think that we're both in agreement with that regard. And what yeah. you've done here with this one is, I think that you've done a very smart move, taking a look at Derek Carr and just taking a look at a prop itself because there are a lot of opinions as to what the Raiders are going to be doing. You've got a lot of people talking about where Derek Carr winds up ranking on the hierarchy of quarterbacks, and this really takes it out of it. You're just looking at the over on his yards. Take me through this one because I do think that it's going to be a case which Raiders are probably going to be finding themselves down in a lot of games. Derek Carr, he winds up bringing in a good weapon, and he should be doing for a whole bunch of throwing this year. Yeah, so it's the dog days of summer, Greg. I love baseball just as much as everyone else, but I'm just going to have to focus a little bit on the NFL. Uh, one of the, the the spots that I saw when I was doing my research today was, you're right, the AFC West with those four quarterbacks, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, um, you know, Justin Herbert, Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, you know there's going to be a lot of scoring. Uh, we know that the uh, Las, Las Vegas defense uh, was struggling last year, and yes, they made a couple moves bringing in Chandler Jones, but I don't think it's it's a game changer. I think it's going to help, but I still think that there's going to be a lot of scoring in this uh, division uh, when you account for those four teams and four elite quarterbacks. So with that being said, uh, top five wide receiver in Devontae Adams, top five tight end in Darren Waller. In my opinion, a top five slot receiver in Hunter Renfro. I love this Derek Carr over 43 50 uh, and a half yards. Um, I think he's going to be closer to 5,000 yards. A lot of people who are getting into NFL betting, they don't realize, or maybe they forget that it is 17 games in the regular season. So a lot of these numbers, um, I feel like are not really adjusted to that one extra game yet. You may have, you know, the the Raiders may sit car a game here or a game there, but I'm, I'm going to take my chances. I love that over 4350. And I think he's going to be close to 5,000. So if you can find an alternate, uh, you know, passing yards, I think Derek Carr is going to hit it for you. I think that Derek Carr is going to be doing for a lot of passing and a lot of yards himself. And it was great to be able to get you on tonight, Albert. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Greg. This was beautiful. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be on again soon. Hopefully he will be. Albert does absolutely amazing work. And coming in next, we hit the diamond right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN will be broadcasting live from NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catchy Edge with John Von Tobel and Matt Humans, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from NBA Summer League every single weekday. We'll have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates all throughout our shows. For more, follow us on our Twitter at VSIN Live and also at VSIN Live on YouTube as well as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson. Great to have Albert Wynn, better known as Analytics Capper, here with me in the last segment. Great to be able to take a look at a little bit of baseball for Friday and on top of that, a couple of NFL props that he likes for this upcoming season as well. And coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Dan Vreeland. He does a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So we're getting in a little bit of everything this hour. We're getting in some baseball. We're going to be talking some UFC and MMA with Dan in about 15 minutes. And in this segment, we're going to be previewing a few Friday and MLB games. So we've got it all covered. How about if we wind up going with the lone interleague game that we're going to be seeing on Friday as it's the Battle for Los Angeles. This is 929-930 on the betting board. Dodgers are on the road facing off against the LA Angels as Patrick Sandoval. He winds up taking the bump for the Angels and Clayton Kershaw goes for the Dodgers. You're finding a total of nine. And with the Dodgers, you're finding them right around a $2 favorite in a lot of spots. We're seeing this go up a little bit more. I'm seeing a size a minus 205 here at Circa. And for the Angels, you're going to be getting them anywhere between about a plus 180 to a plus 185. And I think that this has gotten up a little bit too lofty. Clayton Kershaw, I am sorry, but I personally don't think that he should wind up starting the All-Star game. If he does, it would be because, I mean, it's just sort of a token of appreciation for all that he's done for the game of baseball and the fact that he is a legend. And, I mean, the career has been very good for Clayton Kershaw. But that said, I think that the love for him is just a little bit too fast right now because Clayton Kershaw, I mean, to say that he's, like, fallen off and he's, like, some old man that can't pitch anymore. That's certainly not the case. This is still someone that is posting up some very solid numbers as far as the season. He wound up having that near-perfect game against the Minnesota Twins, which 
They didn't allow him go, to go back out there for the eighth inning. 6-2 record, 2-40 ERA, so getting a little bit north of nine strikeouts for nine innings. But he's also going up against someone in Patrick Sandoval, who he just deserves a better record than he's gotten. Right now, 3-4 and four with a sub-3 ERA. Now, walks are an issue with Sandoval, where they aren't with Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw giving up a right around two walks per nine innings. Meanwhile, for Sandoval, this is a walks per nine rate that is in the neighborhood of four. So that does wind up hurting him a little bit, but he still has been able to give you 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Been a little bit lucky on the balls in play. He's allowed just four home runs, despite the fact that Barnes getting 246 off of him. But you take a look at the way that he has been able to function, and he has been very solid. And we have seen a little bit of regression recently, and it hasn't really jacked up his ERA. Giving up three home runs in his last 22 and a third innings now. The big fear that you've got with the LA Angels backing them in the spot is that they're backed up by a bullpen that is very far from tremendous. As Ryan Tapera, Aaron Loop, Rossio Iglesias, these are your 7th, 8th, and ninth inning guys, and all these guys have north of a 3-5 ERA. At this point, Jose Quijada has become one of your best relief guys for this LA Angels team. And for the LA Angels overall this season, 20th in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. There's just been no reliability for them. And for the LA Dodgers, it's been really the lesser-known guys that have stepped up in the bullpen. They're currently number two in the National League in terms of bullpen ERA, and it's not necessarily because they wanted picking up Craig Kimbrell. As a matter of fact, he's been a detriment to the team. North of a 4-5 ERA out of him, Bruce Sarder Gradrol, he's now on the 15-day injured list, so that means that you're going to need to mix and match a little bit more, but they've been able to do a good job of being able to mix and match. As you've got Yancey Almonte, Evan Phillips, both posting up a sub-250 ERA, Alex Vasiam has been good for the team. Now, Phil Bickford, who was actually a very under-the-radar piece for the team last season in the bullpen, he has had a little bit of regression thus far this season, but still have quite a few other guys that will go out there and be able to perform in this, despite the fact that they've been dealing with an injury to Danny Hudson as well, as you've got someone like a, whenever he's been out there, Justin Brule being able to do a good job, being able to give the team a few endings. Reyes Bonanta, whenever he's been out there, he's been able to do a solid job as well, and you do take a look at the Dodgers team, and You've got most of your pieces back out there in the fold. Meanwhile, for the LA Angels, Mike Trout, leader in homers with 23. Obviously, one of the biggest stars out there in the game. He has been dealing with an injury, so that has been hurting them a little bit. Meanwhile, you've got Freddie Freeman now hitting a 320. He's been down with regards to the power with just 12 home runs, but still doing a great job moving the line, giving this team some great at-bats. Trey Turner has been able to above a 300. He's got 12 home runs as well. Will Smith, he has been able to do a solid job with right around a 360 on base end. For the Dodgers, they are one of the best teams at just being able to do a good job of being able to go through an at-bat, being able to take some pitches, find a way to be able to get on base, and they don't necessarily have too demonstrative of splits, whether they're going up against a lefty or a righty. You know that this team is going to be firing all cylinders. You know that you're going to be able to get a good professional at-bat out of them. Now, worry spots for this team involve guys like a Cody Bellinger, and it's also been a rough year for Max Muncy as well. But for the most part, this has been a team that has been able to go out there and be able to do a solid job all season long. And for the LA Angels, you just can't say the same about this team. As Taylor Ward, he wanted to get picked off on first base like two weeks ago against the Houston Astros, of which he was calling for the ball. And that was just one of the most embarrassing plays in the history of baseball. I mean, that's where this team's mindset is right now. It's just a case of which the managerial change has not been able to ignite a fire. Really, the only thing that could get the LA Angels a victory is when they wind up having Joey Otani wind up going out there and pitching because... He has been absolutely tremendous. The rest of the team, it has not necessarily been such a good ride for them. Guys like Brandon Marshall company that are towards the bottom of the lineup after they wound up having actually relatively solid starts to the season. They have experienced a pretty big fall off. So you've got a lot of issues when it comes to this LA Angels team, in my opinion. But I mean, you're getting right around a plus 180 with them with, in my opinion, their number two pitcher because Shoya Otani, I mean, forget about the MVP. If you're looking at him as just a pitcher and a pitcher alone, I believe that he is right now one of the top five pitchers in the American League at this point. Now, obviously, if he winds up having a little bit of a fall-off, that could change, but, I mean, he legitimately should be, like, number three-ish in terms of the American League Cy Young voting. I would certainly have Justin Verlander in front of him and Shane McClanahan, what he's been able to do out there in Tampa Bay has been absolutely remarkable, but that said, I do think that there is a little bit of value here with the LA Angels being able to get Patrick Sandoval at north of a plus 175. I'm going to be taking a look there, and this is a spot in which I did wind up setting my total at an 8.3. I do think that both of these starters are going to be able to do a relatively solid job. I think we've went a little bit too low 
in terms of this total. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total over at the eight, and we're also going to be taking a look at a plus price with the LA Angels. How about if we wind up going with a game out there in the National League as we wind up seeing the Reds being able to get some momentum. They were able to take two of three from the New York Yankees. Now they wind up going to face off against a divisional foe. As this is 907-908 on the betting board, it is going to be Hunter Green. That winds up going for the Cincinnati Reds. And on the bump for the St. Louis Cardinals, you've got Andre Pallanti. And jog, jog, surprise, surprise, the Reds are finding themselves as an underdog. Now you're finding them in between about a plus 140 to a plus 150. Meanwhile, with the St. Louis Cardinals, you're going to be finding them between minus 160 to a minus 165 with a lot of places, you're finding a total of eight and eight and a half. You're now finding a few nines out there as well. And when it comes to the total, whether you've got an eight and a half or a nine, I would be taking a look at the over because Hunter Green has just been giving up home run upon home run this season for the Cincinnati Reds. Swing and miss stuff is there. He's able to get 11 strikeouts per nine innings. He's got that 100 plus mile per hour fastball. And I think that he's got true ace stuff when it's all said and done. But he is right now experiencing some shall we say, hardships of what it's like to be a big league player. And for the Cincinnati Reds, Andre Pallanti, he has been doing for quite a bit of negative regression as well because he's only getting right around five and a half strikeouts per nine innings, someone who's been giving up just under four walks per nine innings. So he's very much a pitcher contact guy and a pitcher contact guy that just has been getting relatively lucky in terms of the ground balls that he has induced. Now that's part of his strategy, but at the same time, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression for him and for this Reds team. They've been able to do a solid job in terms of their offense because they've been banged up for so much of the year. They're now finally at full staff. Someone like a Tyler Stevenson has been able to get above a 300 at the catcher spot for the team. Brandon Drury is hitting about a 275. He's been able to give you 17 to 18 home runs thus far this season. Joey Votto is off the injured list. And ever since he wanted coming off of the COVID IL, he's actually been very solid for the team as well. So you've got capable Reds hitters. The problem with the Cincinnati Reds is this bullpen. And this bullpen is... Terrible, and I wish I could put it any other way. Here's how bad it is. The next worst bullpen area in the big leagues is a 468. The Colorado Rockies, theirs is a 535. So has been far from magnificent for this bunch, but you do have a St. Louis Cardinals team that they'd be able to do a good job of being able to mix a match out there in the bullpen. And after they wound up having a relatively rough start to the month of July and still, they have scored four runs or fewer pretty much all but four of their games this month. You saw Paul Goldschmidt. You still have Nolan Arenado. I combined 37 home runs out of these two guys. You've right now found Paul Goldschmidt towards the top of the odds board in terms of MVP. So I have guys like Juan Yepes, a company that have been able to do a good job of being a reach base for the team. Tommy Edmund is sitting above a 260. He has been a top five guy in terms of stolen bases thus far this season. And with guys like Genesis Cabrera out there in the bullpen that are able to give you multiple innings, I like what I've seen out of Ryan Helsley as well as boasting up a sub one year eight. I do think that the St. Louis Cardinals should be a little bit more of a lofty favorite. I'm going to be personally taking a look at the run line with the way that Hunter Green gives up home runs. Right now, you're finding that plus price right around a plus 120 with the Cardinals. So I'm looking over and I'm looking run line. And coming up next, I'm going to be looking at some MMA. Dan Vreeland, he does a great job with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm taking a look at Combat Sports. He joins me next right here on the look at on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back here on The Look Ahead with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And it is great to be joined by our guest, Dan Freeland. Does a great job taking a look at the world of combat sports and the UFC for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Always a pleasure to have him aboard. And Dan, great to have you on tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It is always good to have you aboard. And it's a little bit of an interesting card because they've only done a few of these. We're going to be seeing the UFC on ABC on Saturday. And we've got a relatively good card. Typically, you don't wind up seeing a big name like Misha Tate be on one of these cards. But that's what we've got here. She's going to be going up against Lauren Murphy. And right now, you're finding Misha Tate right around a minus $2-ish favorite, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending upon your book. But how do you wind up seeing this one? Because State, certainly a name that many, even just casual fans, wind up recognizing. And no doubt, you figured that you'd be a favorite in this one. That's exactly what we're finding. Yeah, and and I think we, we talked about it last time I was on with Donald Cowboy Cerrone, is, is I think you're seeing that price a little bit because of her name value and because the casual fan does see the name Misha Tate and knows who it is. Because this is a really weird fight for her. She's coming down to flyweight for the very first time, or at least the very first time in a long time. Uh, and, and that worries me a lot against somebody like Lauren Murphy, because Lauren Murphy is a grinder. Lauren Murphy is somebody who could put you against the fence and really wear you out. And, and coming down a whole 10 pounds for Misha Tate can be kind of tricky. And as we saw in her fight with, with Ketlin Vieta, maybe not the freshest fighter as the fight goes later on into the fight. So for me, I actually like the dog spot here in Lauren Murphy. I think there's a lot of value in it. I mean, she rattled off a five fight win streak recently, got that title shot. Of course she loses to Valentina Shevchenko. There's really no shame in that, but I like that she's already acclimated to the division. You know, she she herself also used to be a bantamweight, but now we've seen her in flyweight for a long period of time. I like the fact that she grinds. I like the fact that she's already been there and proven that she can make that weight cut and it's not a problem for her. I also just think she's been getting much, much better with more diverse training. So while Misha Tate is the, the name brand here, I actually like Lauren Murphy quite a bit. Yep, it's going to be a really interesting card in general, including... The fight that is going to be preluding that between Herbert Burns and Bill Algeo. This is one in which we're finding Burns right around about a plus 170 to a plus 180 underdog. We've seen this bet up as he was finding himself on the open right around about a plus 140 or so. But I do think that this one is very fascinating. And I think that this is a case in which the number has just gotten up a little bit too lofty to wind up taking the favorite. I think that Burns starting to have a little bit of value here now that we've seen this inflated number. Yeah, I, I think he's got tremendous value. This is a, also a very weird fight because they actually were both scheduled to fight different opponents. Both of those opponents got hurt. They happen to be in the same weight class. The UFC is like, hey, let's make sure that we keep a fight together and jam them together in a fight. And when it was announced, I actually was like ready to pay favorite money on Herbert Burns because the thing about Bill Algio is he gives up a ton of takedowns. And Herbert Burns is not his brother. He's not Gilbert. But he is an amazing grappler. You know, they grew up in the same household and their their dad and their older brother were also black belts in jiu-jitsu. So he, he's a guy who's got really great grappling and tends to like have a little bit of trouble getting the takedown. But against Bill Algio, I think he should have no problem doing that. So I, I know it seems wild that I'm, I'm I'm coming into this segment and jumping on two plus 170 underdogs right away. But 
I really do think there's tons of value here on Herbert Burns, too. I, I'm shocked when the number came in that it didn't go down with Herbert Burns the more and more people looked at it. Instead, it's going the other way. So, yeah, I, I love the grappler Burns here, and I love him, you know, if you're really looking to, to get crazy with it, I, I really love him by submission as well. Hey, you want to mention that you found it crazy that you're liking two underdogs. Want to make it three? Because I know that you like Michelle <laughs> Watterson quite a bit as well. Watterson right now finding herself as a very big underdog. Opened up a plus 350. So we've actually seen a pretty sizable move here right now. DraftKings, I'm finding a plus 260 here where I sit at Circa. More on a plus 270 going up against Amanda Lamus. And I mean, with Watterson, I felt like she should be an underdog, but... I mean, this just felt like a little bit disrespectful at this number. And, and even seeing the move down that we've seen from the plus 350 down to right around plus 260, plus 270 or so, I think that that's a, too much of a lack of respect on Watterson. Yeah, and, and I think that's what the public did right, right? Like, it, she came in at a three-and-a-half favorite, and I, I do like Michelle Watterson. I don't like her enough to pick her here. Um, I, I actually think the more and the more money comes in on her, the more likely it is as it gets close to fight time that I like Amanda Lamosh here and a spot on Amanda Lamosh because you're, you're right. When it, when it started at, you know, negative 400 or whatever Lamosh kicked off at, not a lot of value in her name there. But as time's gone on, people have, have sort of recognized that Michelle Watterson is the one with a much tougher resume, although Lamosh did fight Jessica Andrade last time out. Uh, so with Michelle Watterson having the tougher resume, having the bigger name, she's getting a little bit of that money, but I really do think she's going to find herself at a huge power disadvantage in this fight. She's got good karate, thus the nickname, but at the same time, she doesn't hit with a ton of power, right? Amanda Lemos, we've seen her knock people out and knock people out hard, which you don't typically see all that much in the women's strawweight division, when she hit Montserrat Canejo, Canejo felt it. That fight was almost over immediately. So uh, I actually think Lamos here might even land less punches than Michelle Watterson throughout this fight. But because of the way she's going to be snapping Michelle Watterson's head back, the judges are going to love Amanda Lamos here. So while it's sort of tempting, or at least the early number was tempting on Michelle Watterson, I am going to stick with Lamos here. And I, I think waiting a little bit longer to see if that line comes down a little further is smart. And you mentioned it with regards to this likely coming down to the judges. That's indicative of the round prop two and a half over is at between minus 210 and minus 230. So they're certainly not thinking that we're going to be seeing too much of a stoppage here. And I mean, the same is really holding true for Yair Rodriguez against Brian Ortega. This is one in which the round prop is currently at four and a half, though. I will say it wound up starting out with the over at a minus 120. We have seen this come down quite a bit. This is a little bit more of a line in which the money line itself hasn't really moved a lot. Brian Ortega finding himself right around minus 165 in a lot of spots, right where he opened up. Where do you wind up standing on this one? Because we've seen a little bit of movement with regards to the round prop, but this line is all relatively steady. I think that makes sense with the round prop, right? Both guys can be finishers. Brian Ortega, really good grappling skills. Yeah, your Rodriguez, really good striking skills. And, and we've actually seen both of them improve in the opposite categories as well. So it wouldn't be shocking to see this go the distance. But I think it's because both of them are such tough finishers. In fact, Brian Ortega almost finished Alexander Volkanovsky, which, as we saw in the most recent Max Holloway fight, seems like an impossible feat at this point in time. I really like Brian Ortega in this spot. I know that people are, are excited to see Yair Rodriguez and have a fresh face in the, the featherweight division. But the fact of the matter is, is that Yair Rodriguez is pretty awful at defending takedowns. And I don't mean that to be an insult here, but we watched him get taken down multiple times by Jeremy Stevens, especially as it got later into the fight and he got more and more tired, gave up two third round takedowns and gave up a round to Jeremy Stevens, who's now no longer even in the UFC. And now he's going to be up against the guy who nearly submitted Alexander Volkanovsky. I, I just think as soon as this fight is on the mat, it's going to be bad news for Yair Rodriguez. So I'm leaning Ortega in this one, and I think you know, I I think he's going to be able to sub him. I'm liking the under, um, but if we're looking for a play here, I think the play is just straight up the money line of Brian Ortega. Yep, and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that as well. If you wind up finding some value with a little bit of a chalkier favorite, that is always something that you want to be taking a look at because I mean, if you think that guy winds up winning a fight 70% of the time, you're laying right around minus 160, minus 170. Great value there. If you think a guy winds up winning the fight 30% of the time and you're getting like a plus 150, yeah, it sounds nice to be able to get plus 150, but with that percentage, you're not going to be finding yourself making a whole lot of money. And 
when it comes to what we're all going to be getting on this card. Is there anything else that really stands out to you in regards to what you're going to be taking a look at, whether it be a round prop or whether it be a little bit more of a favorite slash underdog? Yeah, and what, one of the I'm really excited about, and especially because of the way the line has moved, has been Dustin Jacoby. Uh, Dustin Jacoby, 5-0-1 in the UFC. He's only got one draw as a blemish on his his recent UFC stint record, uh, and that fight was was against uh, Ian Kudalaba, who's very tough. He's going to be fighting Daun Jung, and when I looked at it like two days ago, I, I think I saw Dustin Jacoby, negative 110, negative 120, moved closer and closer to a pick him. And as I'm looking at it right now, I'm seeing him at dog money. It's crazy to me that he's going to be there because I think he's the better kickboxer against Daun Jung. He showed against Kudalaba that he's got good takedown defense. He can keep it on his feet. Daun Jung is really, really tough. So I actually think there, there's even more value in not just Dustin Jacoby at, at you know plus 105 or plus 10 or wherever he winds up, but I also think there's some bonus at finding him by decision at whatever that number might wind up. Yep, and it is always interesting to be able to take a look at some of those price plus prices as well because you always notice with MMA, UFC, you are going to find a lot of these chalkier favorites as well. This is one in which is a little bit more of a pick and you're able to get more of a plus price, but that's always a good way to be able to reduce the juice if you are taking a look at a little bit of a favorite as well. And Dan, you always deliver the goods whenever you join me right here on The Look At. Great to have you aboard and enjoy the fights this weekend. Thanks. You too, man. Dan does an amazing job being able to break down everything combat sports. It's always great to be able to get him on The Look At. So a big thanks to him for joining me right here on The Look At. And coming up next, we've got a lot of baseball that's going to be coming up on Friday. And got some football to take a look forward to as well. And we're going to be doing that here in the final hour of The Look At. As it is myself, Greg Pearson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. This summer, the VEASAN experts have betting coverage and insights you need to cash in on every sport. And right now, for a limited time, you can get access to everything we have to offer for only $19. Our experts are looking at football futures, along with daily coverage of baseball, 10 coverage of baseball, 10 coverage of baseball, 10 coverage of baseball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus